0: And welcome once again to The Lucky Mojo Voodoo Rework Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at LuckyMojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt, of Papa Newton.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co hosts Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Man Ali of TheConjureman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Real Workers, Ms. Mikel of HoodooFoundry.com in Willits, California, bringing us today's topic on the first steps to successful prayer. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address ameliorate and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooist of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Conjument Ali, Miss Cat.
1: Hi, Papa Newt. Well, 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 what a week it has been. I'm going to take a little time just to jump in here and let everybody know what's happening. Number one, if you follow us on Facebook, you'll know. That yesterday, July 14th, was the one-year anniversary of Missionary Independent Spiritual Church burning down. And in that one year, we have raised money to rebuild. We have rebuilt. We have a new candle altar in a much safer environment, and we have reopened. Yesterday was the official grand reopening of missionary independent spiritual church services. So, if y'all are inclined to have us set lights for you, we're back, and we can do it. And um, we really look forward to, um, you know, being um, once again part of the community and setting lights for people. We set lights by the one, by the three, by the seven, and by the thirteen. There are discounts for the more candles you get, and you get an email. Uh, written report on how your candle burned, written by the uh, fantastic Ernie Medeiros, Reverend Ernie, who has been working for one year on website building and going, when can I go back to the church? And now he's <laughs> back. <laughs> so every, Reverend Ernest is truly a compassionate, wonderful man who has been a our steadfast candle uh, reader and interpreter for all these years. So we're back. That was the good news. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Now we're going to talk about one of those crazy things that just happened. I'm still in shock, and like people in shock, I just have to blurt it out. Okay, so lady comes into our shop. Um, I don't know if I want to call her name in public or not, but I, maybe I will. We'll see. lady comes into our shop, white lady. She's um, thin. She's um, middle-aged, 40 forty one forty two years old uh she comes into our shop a few days ago she um she asked for some products to be made that we were out of, just make me one of that and one of that and no. um we didn't all put it together, but whenever um a dark skinned woman again I'm not going to call no names made those products, she turned them back at the end I don't really need that one. I don't really need that one, but no one quite put it together just we didn't work right there yet right um she was she was uptight we could tell that. Then um, she was um, going to have something, ring up something, but another lady was ahead of her, and that lady was African-American. Again, I'm not going to call a name. When her name t- came to be rang up, she goes to the lady who was ringing her up, who, it, who is Caucasian, and she says, um, Why do you bow down to that N? Okay?
2: Oh, no, sweet Jesus. Well,
1: the lady who the lady who uh, rung her up uh, didn't... She was kind of, like, so shook, she didn't call up anybody. Like, she didn't call the owners of the shop. I mean, she even didn't say, help me out here. we got to ban this lady. So we didn't ban the lady because we didn't know. Also, while she was there, she had messed with our altars and had put a particular herb, which happens to be the same as her name, on the love altar. And she told uh, one of the employees that they could take it away when she left. Right? Which was considered to be strange, but not really offensive, but, but very offensive, but kind of weird, just too weird for words. So today, mm. the lady comes back. She's got a client with her. A client is a red-haired gal, and her name also happens to be included in the name of an herb. So she's telling this client how special they are because we have herbs named after them or whatever, which is an interesting coincidence. And she's got tarot cards out, and she's reading for this lady and telling her all kinds of weird Stuff about how she sees otters deep, deep, dark burrows full of otters, and I'm like, deep, deep, Whoa. dark burrows full of otters, like what? And then she talks she's doing about this how they're in the shop. No, she was doing it at the picnic table outside the shop, hon. Huh? Yeah, oh, picnic wow, table okay. outside the shop. So, yeah, 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 So then, yeah. So then she's then she's like, um, there, there's horned antelope energy in the shop. Right. And we're like, okay, then, right. you know, you just yeah. go on and do your thing, lady. But, <laughs> but when I walk in the shop, they tell me, look what she did to the love altar. And she took a black devil candle. This is one of those standing black devils with a pitchfork and a white vulva candle. And she put them on the corners of the love altar with this herb that happens to be her name in the middle. And I thought, no, 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 don't mess with our altars. So I put the, the herb away, but I walked out, and I didn't quite twig to what it was. I didn't get that it was a black devil with a white vulva. Get it? I just went, and she just picked two candles, right? And I walked out to her while she was doing this tarot reading to this lady, and I says, um don't you be messing with our altars. And I held them up to her and I kind of shook them at her. I said, don't you do that again or you won't be welcome here. She goes, all right, I won't do it again. And So I went and put them back and I was like, something strange here, something really strange. Mm -hmm. Well, then uh, she going on and she's acting like um, you know, Miss Know-It-All and she's got her client and then uh, she's looking at the amulets and I says, well, is there any amulets I can help you with? Because I kind of overheard her telling this lady wrong information about them, just you know, making a stuff out of top of her head or maybe mm-hmm. she got it off the internet but it wasn't right about a few things and I said, you know, I can t- help you out with any of these amulets. We have amulets from all around the world all different cultures and I'm smiling and the lady says I follow only the Viking way and at Uh-oh. that point, my little, my kind of my antenna went. What, what, <laughs> what? Yeah. I follow only the Viking way. And so I decided to push back. And I said, you know, these little Icelandic runes that you like so much—that are Viking runes. I said, you know, they're made in Kathmandu by people who are Nepalese Buddhists. <laughs> and I started telling her a story about the Norwegian guy. I mean, y'all have heard this story before, the Norwegian mm-hmm. guy who went to Kathmandu and had these things. And she says, that's how we Vikings are. We go to other people, and we spend our money with them to help them. And I'm like, there are not no Vikings I ever knew
2: about. Yeah, that's <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't <laughs> say it. I, was, I said, well, that's nice.
1: that's nice. So then, rock on a little bit, she's then telling the lady that she needs... Van Van Oil. So the lady asked her, what is Van Van Oil? So she tells this lady some BS about Van Van Oil. She goes, oh, Van Van Oil is this thing that turns chaos, and it's 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 got order and chaos, and, and it was just this craziness, right? made no Whoa. sense. So I went over. i waited a little bit, and I went over, not to alarm anybody. I said, you know, uh, I heard you all talking about Van Van. I said, um, you know, Van Van Oil is uh, the oldest known actual formula that was written down in the African-American community in New Orleans. And this woman shot me a look like, <sighs> I mean, I felt like I was in a horror movie and they did that thing to her face with CGI. Right? Mm. So she comes in with, uh, with with her little red-haired client girl and um, we're ringing her up and I said to the pushed it. Yeah, I pushed it. I said to the little client, girl, you know, we've got a page on Van Van, I don't know if you wanna see it. Most of our formulas are from the African American tradition. Should and then this lady just turns on me. Right? I knew she would. But she just turns on me and she goes she puts her hand up like her arm like she's in some kind of a movie, like she's gonna defend against a knife cut. And she puts her hands up and she goes she goes, Stay away from this woman of my kingdom Stay away. You may not drain the energy of a woman of my kingdom.
2: Oh, geez.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I said, I'm just trying to be friendly. And that's when she started shouting, You can't make me leave. This is an occult shop, and I can be as mean and evil in here as I want to (laughs) be. Oh, wow. And, oh, yeah, it got really, it got to the point where I was about to. 3 seconds away from leaping at her with my thumbs in her throat, right? Oh That's my. I mean, it got that bad. And Margie was also kind of going to that point. And Jenna was being nice, and Nikki was kind of like, "No, stop this, don't do this." And um so she then started screaming. Oh, I need all these people to defend me because you know they're all my thralls, and that I'm gaslighting her. I'm like, oh, oh no, 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 no. Oh, oh yeah, it just got weirder. And so I said to her, "You're going to have to leave now." And she goes, "You can't make me leave." And I said, "Yes, I can. It's my property." And um, that's when she declared that all of us lived in the kingdom of the ends.
2: Oh it, God.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. And um and I then said, um, so, Nikki, call 911. Because this lady was like, you know, she was ready to to go blow to blow with me. And uh, I was getting close. And uh, Nikki said, just a moment, hon, I'll dial 911. But when she, when Nikki agreed to dial 911, she turned and walked and took all four of us. We had to escort this woman off our property. So. Just wanted. To, I just had to tell you all that was an unbelievable event. I've never seen that. This is part of this new racism. It's, yeah. I mean, totally. this this woman came into our shop to lay that on us, right? To lay that on us. And I'm going to say she she got away with it for a day because no one kind of put two and two together. But the second day, no, no, no. We now know where she is at and not coming back. But, you know, you got to ask yourself, why would, why would she even think to come in? But she did. She thought she could run us wow. down. Yeah. And um, so we don't know. Was she schizophrenic, bipolar, on methamphetamines, um, just well? Hopefully, up her racist? client
2: at least saw her her craziness and was like, "Yeah, I'm out of here."
1: Well, the client. Begged Nikki to please take my money and ring up my stuff. We returned the other lady's stuff. I went mean, t- to the sh- shelf and we didn't take her money. But mm. the client, we let her pay. And then as we were walking down, I kind of walked up close to the client and I said to her, "I hope you understand that this woman is delusional." And she just kind of ducked her head, like she may uh. have got it. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Uh. You know, I don't know what you know what caused this all. But maybe that other lady's a racist too. Um, no, that's, a, was, that's
2: wow. Oof, I don't even know what to say yeah, about that. It horrific.
1: was just, it was just bad just bad and and I you know I watch these videos on Facebook of these crazy people you know go back to your country you know and yeah. all that kind of crazy 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 yeah. racism that has come out of the corners I mean but to have it carried into my shop I did not think that would happen I'm up here in Northern California you know mm-hmm. nice people you know um mm-hmm. yeah well in the in the chat room um uh, Seth Reedlove says, Seriously, a person like that must have really low self-esteem and be in a lot of pain, which gives birth to narcissism and delusion to deal with it. Boy, you're a compassionate guy. I'm not feeling that compassionate right now. I'm going, bitch is racist and deserves to fucking be throttled to death by a Jew on the floor of a fucking occult shop now. But I didn't do it because I had that, I had that moment of sanity in the back of my head Thank going, you. I could go to prison for this. I could go to prison for this. So I didn't do it. But I really was. I was ready. I was ready. And I don't, I mean, damn. Damn.
2: People have lost their collective shit, Kat. They have uh, lost their collective shit. I'm telling you. And it's like they're possessed. And you you see, like, if you, you mentioned those videos. You see their videos, and their face just turns snarling. And, like, you're like, oh, God. And the hate just comes yeah. pouring out. It's a crazy,
0: crazy time.
2: Wow. Yeah,
1: it is. It is. I haven't seen anything like this since the 60s, I hate to sound like an old fogey, but I did see it in the 60s, and then it went away, you know, Mr. Rogers kind of got everybody thinking about their neighbors, you know, and things were nice, you know, Sesame Street, we had nice neighbors, and really, we raised a generation of kids who were compassionate, what the fuck went wrong? I don't know, but I, I don't know what's happened. It This whole country has taken a dive, and this was just, like I said, this was my wake-up call. I just mm-hmm. couldn't, you know, wow. Um,
2: the racists wow. are coming out of the woodworks.
1: Yeah, they are. They are. Well, whew, thank you for letting me vent. I'm sorry. That was just a, it was just so, I mean, we were all in shock. We we're just all standing there like, did this just happen to us? But it did, you know. It just happened to us. And um, there's nothing we can do. Um, She told us, she'll be back. We haven't heard the last of her yet. Oh, Jesus. Um, I posted a a post to the the AIR forum. If all you members of AIR are listening to this, it's in the AIR forum. And I I named her name. And uh, y'all can find it pretty quickly. Burgers. I think you know where to look in the air form. But I did not want to shame her in public because I don't want more trouble. You know, If she comes back again, I'll name her. I know her name. I know everything about her. I know where she works. I know everything about this bitch. Mm-hmm. Right? So ugh, you can run, but you can't hide. Yeah.
2: You know? <laughs> but
1: but there are shopkeepers in Northern California who need to know that yeah. this thing is on the loose.
2: This is in the words of Miss Michael, who's
1: representing you. This is why we light black candles. This is
2: why we pray righteous prayers. Yeah.
1: That's right. This is why we pray righteous prayers. And I pray that this lady goes down. Mm-hmm. And Amen. And falls. All right. Amen. Amen. Well, all right. With that all in, you know, a righteous prayer of anger is heard by God, and just like a righteous prayer of petition. God listens, even when mm-hmm. you're flipping out. Um, so we're going to bring in Miss Michael, the sweetest woman <laughs> west of the Rockies, uh, and um, and uh, and a great justice warrior in the nicest way. So welcome to the show, Miss Michael.
2: She may have just dropped off. I'm going to see if I can. Uh oh. you're come back in again.
1: Uh oh. She's got. She's got gone. All right. Well, Miss Michael is. Wait! Um, her again.
2: Hold on. Here she is.
1: She's here. I pressed, oh, okay. I pressed the wrong button. I was trying to unmute my mic and hung up instead. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. But speaking. Well, speaking we, of we right. know you're a great we know you're a great prayer warrior, but we also know that you're sometimes technically challenged. All
3: right, Miss love you, <laughs> speaking of. Uh, of the kingdom of people of color. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Uh, let us talk, the glorious people, kingdom of people of color, where yeah. uh, where I am glad to be a guest. Mm-hmm. I want to quote an African-American minister, mm-hmm. uh, Reverend Howard Thurman, who said about Jesus' command to love our enemy, he said the best thing mm-hmm. to do is pray to God but someday I might want to love him. And he was mm-hmm. the most peaceable, gentle. He was he was uh, a twin to Mr. Rogers, basically.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But called, mm-hmm. to a pre- called to preach and, and be an activist rather than the children's ministry that Mr. Rogers had. Mm-hmm. But that was, that was his take on it. So, Lord, let me someday want to love my enemies.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good news. That's good news. You know, um, uh, we're here to talk today about prayer, and mm-hmm. um, you know, um, maybe someday I will want to love my enemies. I, I, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the role of prayer in all types of spiritual work. You know, people think about it's okay to pray for justice. People think it's okay to pray for health and healing. Some people draw the line and won't pray for money. Some people draw the line and won't pray for secular love. But I was taught that we can pray for all of our needs. And uh, so uh, tell us what you know about prayer, Miss Michael.
3: Well, what I want to do is offer hope and encouragement to those who uh, started Not even at the starting line, but several meters back. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Um, I was raised by agnostics, never taught to pray, never taken to Mm -hmm. church, never taught anything about meditation because my parents were church burnt when they were young. So, you know, makes perfect sense. Um, And then I have uh, always been extremely distractible and forgetful and restless. And I'm just coming around to the idea in my 60s that maybe I have some kind of ADD sort of disorder. And going into the silence, well, that's meditation. That in the popular mind means sitting still in the lotus position if you can manage it and emptying your mind. And that's, you know, because that is absolutely silent. As Mm -hmm. Kyle Strabo said, Uh, see nothing, think nothing, see nothing, hear nothing. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: And I don't know how many people have turned themselves off to the prayer of silence because they can't do that.
4: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, And and it was explained to me in a Unitarian church a few decades ago, a couple decades ago, that this is a process of attrition. You Mm -hmm. can't force it. It shouldn't be a struggle. It's just, oh, there's there's a dozen thoughts right there. Just slow them away, let them spill off, you know, down the stream, and, and, okay, here's another dozen thoughts, okay. And sometimes you get sidetracked by a really interesting one that you just, you've got to at least look at it a little closer, and then it sucks you in and you're off down the rabbit hole and wee, wee all kinds mm. of cool stuff. Sometimes the monkey mind has something interesting to say that you really shouldn't have to miss. Mm-hmm. It might come back, but maybe it won't. And that can be good for you also. It isn't the silence, but it could be good for you. You can learn things from the monkey mind sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that whole process of discernment. Um, and for, But forgiveness is more important tonight when you get... When you start galumping down those those shiny, brilliantly lit and landscaped rabbit holes to forgive yourself, and mm-hmm. even to congratulate yourself if you uh, learn something that you can use for yourself or for other
1: people. hmm yeah. So when you talk about prayer, let's let me. Um this the way I'm usually asked it, and see what you have to say. People, uh, especially on the Lucky Mojo forum, they come to us. They have never uh, been exposed to conjure. They think it's all going to be incantations in a sort of a yes. television slash British Shakespearean "I Dream of Genie kind of thing, maybe with touches of Doctor Strange. And um, and so you say, well, how about you? You know, you pray for what you want. And they go, well, I don't know how to pray. I've never prayed. Mm -hmm. How do you pray? And I will tell them, um, uh, just pray from your heart or pray from Scripture. Now, you are, Mm -hmm. and and of course, I think many of our listeners know this, but I ought to mention it, you are the co-author of Hoodoo Bible Magic, and this is a book Mm -hmm. about how to pray from Scriptures. Mm -hmm. And I know you you have your favorite Scriptures, and you know a lot about that. Um, But um, when you are... Teachings. When someone says, how do I pray, what do you tell them? Well, uh, there's nothing wrong with
3: praying from your heart, and that is just conversational prayer. You can pray mm-hmm. aloud, or you can pray in your mind with words, and, you know, if that's how your mind works, some people can pray without words. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people find that to be an extremely advanced concept that requires a lot of discipline. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes, sometimes I go to my justice altar and I look at my Frederick Douglass lamp and I say, Mr. Douglass, I don't know what to do now. I, and you know, you can use words of power like I am so pissed off.
1: Uh, Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can use, you can use the F word in prayer. I've done it. I think many of us have done it. (laughs) Another thing I will say about the use of scripture I find that reading a prayer, and I discovered this in my neo-pagan period when we were reading the words of rituals we had written ourselves, that print, if I have to engage with print while I am praying, usually it pins me to the page and keeps me out of the silence. I have to concentrate on the process of reading. Mm-hmm. Um,
4: mm.
3: And But... If I read the same, you know, if, I, if I'm if i praying for a court case and I want to pray Psalm 35 and I just do the print thing every day, um, after about a week, enough of it has, my brain has soaked in it enough that phrases and paraphrases from the psalm will just leap to my lips when I pray mm-hmm. for that court case. Mm-hmm. So you've got it half memorized and that's enough to... Make effective, confident prayer. And don't be afraid to prayer even if you're fumbling and stumbling and new to the process and you don't feel, you think you don't feel the power of the Spirit or the power of God. You think you don't feel it. But it can sneak up on you so as not to scare you off and help mm-hmm. you do good things. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody expects... Uh, lights bursting through the clouds and thunderbolts and you go into uh, Jewish and Buddhist and other mystical literature and, you know, showers of flowers and and jewels and, you know, all kinds of things. Wonderful descriptions. But these describe the spiritual effect, and those effects can sneak up on you like a little cat
1: trying to get into your lap. Mm -hmm. You know, you you brought up something really important here. Um and this is the the role of partially memorized um pieces of scripture. I have mm-hmm. seen this um you know, yeah, those who go to divinity school and become a you know an ordained minister are expected to be able to recite a long passage of scripture, but many of the root workers I know don't know a whole psalm except maybe psalms twenty three maybe a couple of other ones mm-hmm. um I'm not a great memorizer myself, but after working with the Psalms or with Scripture for a while, you learn the the portions that you're going to want, and they're going to come to your lips. Like you said, they just jump to your lips, and um, you speak them while you're improvising. It's like quoting a riff in a piece of music. Do you know what I mm-hmm. mean, Ollie? What do you, have yeah. you ever had that happen?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and I think part of this comes from the fact that that. Prayer is a a good mix. People who understand their scripture also understand the power of prayer comes from the heart. And this is Mm -hmm. what my teacher taught me, particularly in um, the tradition. uh, Hoodoo is really rooted in the Baptist, uh, Southern Baptist tradition of prayer. The idea being, and, and that form of prayer is informed specifically by the the biblical experience of the Jews. Um, And we see this often in black culture, the association of the experience of black people with the experience of of the Jews, the experience of the Jews in captivity, the experience of the Jews in uh, Egypt as well. And the idea is that prayer starts from the heart with a sense of longing, a longing so strong that it shakes the very foundations of the world. Um, A longing so strong that it makes God himself sort of take pity on you and hear your prayers. And this is best epitomized Mm -hmm. by psalms like Psalm 137. If you understand the story of Psalm 137, by the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. The
4: the Mm -hmm. experience
2: of losing your homeland, of being in a completely hopeless, hopeless situation. Everything has gone wrong. Your homeland is gone. The temple is gone. You've been conquered by these evil, wicked people who have now taken you into captivity. But you still remember Zion. You still remember Mm -hmm. your relationship with God. And you reach out weeping. And what is the response? God lays low that empire, brings in Cyrus, and sends you back to rebuild the temple. Right? It's It's that sense of longing that's so powerful that it literally undoes fate that it changes the very course of history. Um, and that's, I think, really at the heart of this type of prayer. It starts with the heart, but it's like this this calling out to God that is righteous and filled with emotion and power and very sure that God will hear. That's the key. There's this surety that as I'm speaking, God will hear me. And that's so powerful that it's able to kind of change your circumstances. Now, that's you can. That's you know the situation when you're calling on God for money. You're calling on God for protection. You're calling on God for healing. You're calling on God to bring you that one special someone. It starts with that kind of center, that heart, and then that calling out to something greater than you that can move mountains.
1: Well said. That's very well said. I I am one of those people who finds myself with a gift I didn't even know I had of mm-hmm. improvisatory prayer much in the style of the King James Bible, which I've heard and seen yeah. and recited and heard it in church and I just read it over and over and um, people say, Well as a Jew, why are you reading the King James Bible? And I just have to add here that until the Jewish Study Bible was published, ninety nine point nine percent of Jews who read the Bible in English, the Old Testament in English, or the Tanakh, read the King James Version, which was considered to be the most faithful to the Hebrews. So a lot of Jews know the King James Bible. Um, and uh, if you happen to get one of those special extra ones with that those extra books about Jesus, well, you could read them, too. And they came from the Greek. They didn't have the quite the same turns of phrase, but you could you could like them, too. Um, so I, I, got, I have that gift. But I am... Um, I'm often stopped when I'm working with a client. You know, I'll be toning on and on, and, you know, I go into my whatever, key of G, and I'm just toning through it, and then the person says, can you stop so I can write that down?
4: Hmm.
1: And I'm like, uh-uh, no, you just stopped me. I'd have to wind up again and keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't mean that they should be saying what I just said, I mean that right. they should be saying what they feel. And mm-hmm. and there are people who understand that and people who don't. So it's interesting when working with a client, I have learned to say before I start to pray with them or for them, now I'm going to pray in my own way and you may pray in yours and don't think that you can stop me and this is going to be written down. Just let it flow and you can say amen when I get to the end if you feel like it but you have to learn to make your own prayers, half of them mm-hmm. still say, could you say that over again? No, yeah, no. Yeah. It, it was a prayer of the moment. It was a. Yeah. It literally was a, uh, from the heart, you know.
2: This is the area that I think people who come from outside traditions which we did not grow up in the African-American community or who are not familiar with prayer or familiar with the Bible, this is the area they struggled in the most. They are expecting, um, in, as you so accurately put incantation they're expecting something that they can read or recite and that's not always the experience they get and so they struggle with it and it is the number one thing that i've experienced when i tell people to pray they go well how do i pray and this is where i think uh the scripture comes in handy if you don't know how to pray uh improv like like miss kat mentioned then turn to the bible Imagine the power written in every single word. For thousands of years, people have been reading that Bible, have been calling upon God with that Bible. I mean, the Bible is the most powerful book of magic we have available to us, and it really is a source of power. So you find a verse that resonates with you or you look up a correspondence, right? You miss Michael's book um, or The Secret of the Psalms and you learn which psalm is for which or you find a verse that really resonates with you and you learn to recite it over your work and that is is uh, very powerful. Another kind of key, because uh, we're talking this kind of key to success when it comes to prayer, comes from um, the uh, Beverly Pascoe Randolph, the way he... Uh, Uh, talks about um, prayer. Now, he takes a kind of unique approach. His approach is vis-a-vis sex Um, and through the concept of the kind of orgasm. He sees prayer as an act of sex in which there is, almost like music, a sort of build-up, a build-up, 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 and then it reaches this point of ecstasy, of, of a crescendo, in which the mind, the heart, the soul, all of it is one. You kind of explode, and then there is this element of release and kind of coming down from that, the moment of acceptance. And he talks about it as kind of three parts. Um, and that, and this kind of note, the metaphor of sex and quite the literal act of sex and ejaculation are tied also very much to the success of prayer, the ability to really kind of work yourself up to that moment. And then the moment of acceptance, of receptivity, of accepting that your prayer has happened; it has been heard. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a that's a wonderful thing. And Pascal Beverly Randolph was a wonderful teacher. Yeah, he he taught in terms of sex magic, but it it is the same in all forms of um, what used to be called before it was considered a smutty word, ejaculatory speech.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But it was didn't mean what it sounds like today. Um, um, uh, um, there are Jesus, uh, Mary,
3: and Joseph is an example of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Seth uh, Breedlove asked in the chat, "What was the psalm we had mentioned by the rivers of Babylon?" And um, and I told him, "Was asked what do you mean, Psalms 137?'" He said, "Yes, so I'm going to tell you all the." The one site you may want to know better than any other site is my favorite. Well, there are two of them, actually. One of them is BibleGateway.com, and the other one is BibleHub.com. And those are uh, two very good sites. They're They're equally good in their own ways. Um, you should have them bookmarked, but you can find them because they'll always come up in the top 5 or 10 you can type in something like um, uh, scripture for debt and boy, Mm -hmm. they'll have them right there, they'll have a whole list of them Um, you can also uh, type in psalms for debt if you want to confine yourself to the psalms rather than all of scripture sometimes some of the other sites will get a little bit um, funky on you, they'll they'll point you toward their own little sermons about debt and whatever and they they, they go going off on a tangent but um those two su- sites will have an awful lot of of good information for you i use them all the time um they're they're there they're they're uh, free to use and they um depending on which version of the bible you like you can type in kjv which is what i use king james version so i could type in um Psalms about money, KJV, or but money is not usually what they're going to be about. I would psalms for abundance, KJV, and I'll, they just dial them right mm-hmm. out to you. So that's a that's a useful thing to know. We're not all experts. We haven't all been to divinity school, and we haven't memorized everything. <laughs> so, so Miss Michael, looks like um, yeah, we're running please. out of time here but oh, you're going to come back at the end of the show and you're going to give us some of your um, advice about prayer and meditation. And in the meantime, we're going to go to uh, our clients and we're going to do a couple of readings for them and um, hope that we can guide them on a path that doesn't involve them throttling people in their uh, shop. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to try to be more... I'm sorry, folks. I'm still shaken. I really am. I'm still shaken. It's yeah. like... How did I almost lose it over this? So let's turn this over to Papa Newton. We're going to try to give good advice, and we're going to try to live by the good advice that we give. <laughs>
0: the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Work Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Man Ali, and this week's special guest, Ms. Michael, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing the down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling call- clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at form.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through blog, talk radio, or by a telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the phone, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Papa Newt, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller, and our first caller is calling in from area code one. Uh, this is Leslie Leslie are you there? Yes Hi Leslie Which area is 415 in? I didn't look that up San Francisco San Francisco thank you All right. Yeah. And Leslie is this your first time Calling into the show? Yes. Well, welcome yes, to our show Oh, well, welcome, thank and, and thank you for interesting us with our, your situation. Um, and, and she writes I have been with the father of my child for almost six years, but he never wants to marry and looks after himself above me. I have been recently intimate with an old friend and no longer want to be monogamous, uh, but I know my daughter, daughter's father won't. Be open to that. I have had to move to a different city to pursue my education. Is there a way I can maintain a good relationship with my daughter's father without sacrificing my desires and closing myself off to the other people and opportunities? Turn back to you, Ms. Kat.
1: All right. Well, Leslie, it's an interesting question. I'm going to ask a couple of questions of my own to see um, uh, what I can understand about um, where you're at. So, um, about how old are you? I am
3: almost 35.
1: Oh, my. Okay, so you, you, you're you not just a little baby, and um, no. you've undertaken this now. And um, what sign of the zodiac are you? I'm a Virgo. A Virgo. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Virgo is a mutable sign. They're changeable, and you are well within your rights to change when that's your sign. Um, so... I'm going to um, do the first reading here, and um, what I'm going to do is just look at the cards and look at your questions. So, is there a way I can maintain a good relationship with my daughter's father without sacrificing my desires? All right, let's just see what we get. Mm -hmm. Well, not really. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm sorry to say... (laughs) Not really. No. You could the the first well I'll tell you why. The first card is the page of cups and this is a person who has communication with a fish in um in a cup uh, down by the water and we call it the the person with the pocket dimension, the enclosed communication. This card comes up many times when a person wants to have an affair and keep it hid. They want to keep it secret. And this says you actually can you have some capacity to have an affair and keep it hidden. You have what it takes yeah. if you wish to do that. But it's not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to point an ethical finger. And I've told the truth to people. I've been involved in such relationships from both ends. I have been both mm-hmm. cheated upon, and I have been the cheatee. Um, never cheated on my own partner, but I have been the outside lover of someone who was cheating on his own partner. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it you know, we all play these roles and we decide what we want. This card says you do have the capacity for subterfuge if you should wish. That doesn't mean it's good, doesn't mean it's right, doesn't mean it's going to last you all your life either. Mm-hmm. But the next card, unfortunately, The next card is a problem card, and it tells me (sighs) that you may end up, it may end up blowing it up in your face. Uh, The card is called the tower. And this is a card that says, why, things just may come crashing down. It's the destroyed tower. It's a tower struck by lightning. You might be able to keep it up with this one, but then the next time you may get caught or you may find out just more than you wanted. It's just not a good card. It's a card of destruction of the relationship. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to say to you, you must stop cheating at once and and immediately return to monogamy, you terrible person. Mm
4: -hmm. It's just
1: saying you you have the capacity to have an outside affair, but if you do get, um, I guess, caught is the word, it will bring everything crashing down might be better mm-hmm. to plan ahead and move toward this gently rather than have it come as a sudden bolt from the blue, which is what this card is about. Actually, it's a bolt from the black. It's a whole mm-hmm. lightning bolt that strikes and destroys the tower. The um, third card is a a card that tells me you do have some magical ability here, some ability to work what you want but it mm-hmm. does not involve having to stay um in a relationship which is not exactly right for you and um i'm not going to advise you whether you know whether uh, mm-hmm. cheating is going to be bad or, or or turn out right but um the card that i have here the third card is a card that is called the empress and that's a very strong woman, so you have the right to be the mother and the provider, but you also do have the right to look for love. She has a shield next to her, she's sitting on a comfy little bench outdoors with fancy embroidered pillows. she's got a crown of twelve stars, she's got a sceptre, she's a really lovely lady, and she's got a shield, and it is engraved with the symbol for the planet Venus. so you do have the right to have love um, and it may take a, um, a little bit of thinking on how to go about getting this but I, what I see here is not so much sacrificing your desires but coming up with a, a, a possible way to maybe end the relationship um, on a good note and move on happily and quietly mm-hmm. some thinking about how to Go about getting this with your desires is well. okay. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, that's what that's what I see. Let's turn this over to Miss um, Michael and see what she says. Thank All you. right.
3: I took hello. a little glance at hello. Um, <laughs> Leslie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I took a little glance at my pyrite sphere, and uh, I get the truest and clearest divinations when I just glance at it, you know, not tell me all your secrets, but uh, mm-hmm. you got something? Mm-hmm. And what I saw was a wee little ferry boat like the one on the Six of Swords. The bye-bye, new voyages for me card, the separation card, the from troubled waters to peaceful waters card. So, mm-hmm. yeah. This relationship mm-hmm. is going to have to end if you're going to have the peace that you desire and deserve, peace and fulfillment. All right, now, I'm laying out a few cards now, and we have the hermit. Oh, my Lord. Okay, so you want to mm-hmm. re- maintain some kind of friendship because, after all, this is your baby's father.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, okay, well, that, that's not going to happen right away that separation when I have broken up with people and my romantic history has been somewhat similar to Miss Katz, but when I mm-hmm. have broken up with people or been dumped, I've had to dismiss that person from my life. Some of those people I would be happy to see again in a platonic way and others. I don't need to. All right. Seven of Pentacles, uh, <laughs> achieving the life that you, you desire. Um, Prospects are good, but it's going to take mm-hmm. a while. Like Miss Kat said, it's going to require some work and some careful thought. Um, you may possibly be a little farther along than you are aware of right now because the harvest is, is visible. It's just not ripe. That's the mm-hmm. lesson we get from Seven of Pentacles. Uh-oh, the Three of Pentacles is the next card. I don't want to see that. Um, And this may be a good reason for you to dismiss this man from your life. Um, I mean, you may have, you already have good and sufficient reason. He's never put you first, as you said. Um, Mm -hmm. And that you may be in for some pain uh, realizing how far that goes. The last card is the hanged man. Wow. The hanged man is the surrender card, the let go and let God card. So, um, you're not going to die alone, you're not going to starve, your baby's not... I don't see any problems for your baby, except Mm -hmm. daddy's not going to be around anymore. Um, I have not seen my father, my natural father, since I was two years old. I don't Mm -hmm. miss him and I don't remember him. And Mm -hmm. my stepfather, my mother did not have good taste in men. My stepfather... Uh, once I left home, I spoke to him about three or four times in the next 30 years. So the loss of a father is not necessarily a catastrophe. I've had a good life without my father or my stepfather. Mm-hmm. So much okay. happiness for you still anyhow.
1: Yeah. I, I'm going to throw in something about that tank man. The hangman usually is shown as not being able to cut himself loose, and you may need um, a helper. That's, you know, mm-hmm. because you're hung up right now. And um, these cards do not look to me as if um, you are uh, going to find an easy way to resolve this. And, um, you know, I'm going to just say something about a man who will not marry the, the mother of his child.
4: Hmm.
1: The man has already produced his DNA replication that he was programmed by the glory of nature to do, but he hasn't matured into the social place that he ought to. He hasn't ensured his child's legal future or his wife's legal mm-hmm. future through inheritance, and inheritance is important, and um, inheritance is conveyed through legal documents. And a man who will not do that, who will not marry to support so that his wife will have the benefit of his pension and his Social Security, and a man who will not marry so that his child can hold their head up and say, this is my father and he's proud of me, that's a man who probably... Doesn't mean you any good. Do you know what I'm mm. saying? There's 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 a problem there, and the six of swords, which Miss Michael saw, he he actually intends to. It's a it's a man rowing a woman and a child in a boat across a river. He actually does intend to somewhat row you two away. Um, mm-hmm. Not not good. And um, I. I'm sorry to say it, I've been there. I've been in that position, mm-hmm. and um but you you know you made a good choice the The guy presumably had good genes, you liked what you saw, but he didn't have the the courage and the tenacity. What sign of the zodiac is he? Gemini Oh yeah, okay, that's it. Bye. Mm-hmm. you're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, no, he didn't. He doesn't have the stick to itiveness. Gemini's are brilliant, fascinating, wonderful people, but they often don't. Um, they don't. Um, they don't dig in for the long haul, as it were. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would I would say this is this is a relationship that's going to wind its way down. Do so peacefully. Do so mm-hmm. economically wisely. Set some money aside for yourself. Women lose a lot when they divorce. All right, mm-hmm. I'm going to turn this over to Conjurman Ali and see what he has to say.
2: Yeah, thanks, Kat. Okay. I think you've got some really good advice here. Um, in a situation like this, when a guy is not willing to step up and mirror you, but also doesn't want to let go, there's a, an element of control. And That's so right. you're going to have to be aware of that, that he likes that control, that he likes to know, oh, that he has you where he has you, and he doesn't want you to go where you want to go. Um, and when you try mm-hmm. to walk that boat, that it can get a bit rocky. And that Six of Swords, I believe, uh, was the card. That's a. If you look at the where the boat is compared to where it's headed, the waters are rocky, right? not clear waters, um, and so be aware of that. So what we're going to do is I'm giving you root work that will help ameliorate some of that tension and to get him to kind of allow you the freedom that you need so that you can move on. So this is going to be done in kind of two parts. First is uh, the separation, and the other is to kind of still keep him attached financially, if not emotionally. So first and foremost, I want you to get a white candle. Get a a big white candle. You can get a six-inch candle a jumbo candle something like that You're going to Mm -hmm. inscribe on it your name his name and you're going to write clarity and wisdom You are going to take clarity oil. You can also use King Solomon's oil Uh, And you are going to anoint this candle And you're going to set this candle in a holder and you're going to set it on some surface towards the back Okay Take mm-hmm. seven bay leaves on the front of, or on one side of the bay leaves, write his name. On the other side of the bay leaf, write separate. Just the command, separate. Place mm-hmm. the seven bay leaves around that white candle. Now get yourself two uh, figural candles, a, both of them white. Uh, one for him, one for you. Set them back-to-back. Back. You're going to inscribe his with his name. You're going to write yours with your name. You're going to anoint these with separation oil. You're going to dress these with separation oil. And you're going to set them back-to-back back with one another. Start by lighting the, white can- the big white candle in the back. Then light the two figure candles. You are going to call out... Praying from your heart. We'll listen to the beginning of this episode to learn about the success, uh, key successful ways of praying. Pray from your heart that He see the wisdom in you two going your separate ways. Move the candles a little bit further apart. Take one of the bay leaves and burn it in the white candle in the back. Letting that smoke rise up as your prayer. That smoke will go and reach his senses. You're going to snuff out the candles. Repeat this process over seven days until you have burned all the bay leaves and the two candles are far apart from one another. The two figure candles are far apart from one another. At the end, you should have a kind of sort of triangular formation with the big white candle in the back and these two other candles kind of melted down. Now, you want to set this up that on the final day, on the final day, you will have his candle on the edge of the table, the bureau, the altar, whatever it is. On the floor, by the edge, you should have a bucket filled with crossroads dirt. As the candles are burning down, just ever so carefully reach out and knock his candle over into that bucket of dirt, letting it snuff out there. Let the other two candles burn all the way down. Bury those in your front yard. His candle I want you to take to the crossroads that you gathered that dirt from. Toss that, di- that bucket of dirt over your shoulder. Walk away without looking back. Next time you see him... Ask him for some money for your child. How hard it is to get that money will tell you how much of a process this is going to be. This should be something simple, like, hey, I need to get diapers, or, hey, I need to go grab groceries, can you give me 20 bucks? There's something, you know, casual.
4: Mm -hmm. Take
2: that money that you get from him, physical cash, take that, dust it with pay with me, put it in your child's used sock, tie it in a knot, and keep it, Somewhere in your bedroom, but not under your bed. So you want to put it uh-huh. under, um, in some type of box. You want to put it in some type of uh, container. You can put it in a jar, whatever you want. But that is your hold over him to give money. Whenever he is reluctant to give money in any way, shape, or form, burn some pay, uh, pay-me-now incense and hold that sock with the money dangling over the incense as you call out his name and that will give him a good spiritual kick to pay up uh when you're needed this is my recommendation it's kind of a two-part work done over a series of days to gradually separate you and bring about this kind of new uh relationship or this new configuration in your relationship where he's paying financially but no longer emotionally there uh controlling you or or your path i'm going to see if Miss kent and Miss michael have any further additions to this okay
1: Okay, thank you. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really good. The only thing, we didn't quite hear the word of the powder. You were dusting it. Some said it was pay me. Some said it was money, stay with me. Which was it? Pay, pay me. me or? Pay me. Pay, pay me. me. Pay okay, great. Okay, good. All pay right. me now. Um, Yeah, that's <laughs> the one I would have recommended, too. Um, that's a wonderful, wonderful working um, I can also testify to something that I have done very similar, but added just a little bit. I got a hair from the father, hair from the child, and hair from myself, and braided them together. And, and I said, we will always be a family, um, no matter what, but he will pay. So that's another way to do it. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right, well, good luck to you, Leslie. We wish you all the best. And if you need our help, you know, call back again sometime and we'll see what we can do for you next time. All right, now we're going to take it away with Papa Newt.
0: Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo curio Company in Forestville, California and located online at luckymojo.com and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org and by the Crystal Silence League a free online prayer service of, of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client. And our next client is a return client calling in from area code 415, also in San Francisco. This is Seth. Seth, are you there?
5: Yes, I am, with a pen and paper.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, welcome back to the show. Um, I see the last time you you called was April of 2016, and you are kind of calling uh, as a uh, reporting back from that last uh, – or giving us updates, is that correct?
5: Yes, that is correct.
0: All right. Thank you. And you have not had any private readings with Ms. Cat Contramentally, or any other readers on this situation. Is that correct?
5: No, and I haven't even done my own.
0: (laughs) Oh, all right. And Seth writes, my life has been very stagnant here in San Francisco job market since due to my age and experience and I'm losing my apartment I've decided to make a drastic change and move to Chicago that has a more diverse econ- economy Will this, uh, this be a good move for me and what can I do to make, uh, make finding a new job and apartment easier? Turning back to you Miss Kat
1: Okay All right, um, Seth, um, let me ask a question or two first. Um, What is your sign of the Zodiac? I'm a Taurus. Oh, it's hard for you to move then. Um,
5: It took a disaster uh, to make it happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, you know, if you get up the momentum, you can do it. Um, Get someone to give you a little um, push. All right, Seth is a Taurus. And um, you said um, that this was also partially due to your age and experience. So let me just ask, about how old are you?
5: I am 48.
1: 48, okay. And um, that's not too bad there. But it is, you're at that breaking point where they go, why do we need him? We can get an untrained teenager and watch them have a meltdown, but we'll pay them less. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right, <laughs> And right. Uh, what, field, what field do you work in?
5: Well, that's part of my problem is that I've been locked out, so I, I'm doing all these random contract jobs. So I've worked in education, I've worked in health, I've worked in tech, but it's all over the place. So it looks like I don't know what I want to do because I've been forced to take contract job after contract job.
1: I see. All right. So you also need to really find a career path that's going to work for a while. Okay. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, let's um uh give Ollie the chance to do your first reading.
2: Thanks, yeah. Um are, Seth, I want to ask, are you you said you you were working sort of in the tech field. Is that the field you're interested in working where you move or you open to to other things?
5: Well, what I love to do, I love to do any type of research, whether it be analysis or background. um, That's the thing I do, and that can really apply to a lot of different fields. I have a big passion for education.
2: Okay, good, good. Because the reason I asked is because that shows up very prominently in in your chart. So I pulled a geomantic chart. And the geometric chart I, that I pulled for you is a yes or no one. ask a simple question of could you move and will this move be good for you? Now, the first figure that we have is acquisitio, which represents your figure. And that is a figure that tells me what your concern is. We usually just use this as a confirmation, am I on the right track or not? And acquisitio means literally gain. So you're interested in uh, finances. You're interested in opportunities. You're interested in change. Now, we look to the ninth house to look at travel. And here we have cursor. Cursor is the lock. And this tells me that this is not an easy decision for you. Um, that the, the this can actually cause, this is going to cause quite a bit of strain and stress on you. As Cat rightly pointed out, um, that this is not an easy thing for uh, um, Tauruses in general to kind of deal with. Tauruses are notoriously uh, Homebodies um, and they love their comfort. You know that once they are at a place, they tend to stick around. Quite uh, famously, Tauruses will be in the same job place for decades upon decades. That's just part of um, their nature. So this is going to cause some strength. Be aware of it. Be also aware that by moving, you're not automatically going to turn your fortune around. You're not. The move itself will offer opportunities, but it's not immediate. Now, the reason for this is because car passes into the 12th house. The 12th house says that the things that are in the past continue to haunt the present. Sometimes it can refer to things like debt, financial matters, uh, curses, etc. But it also means that what you're dealing with in San Francisco, the kind of Structural things, the things from the past that you're dealing with, the fact that you're of a certain age, the industry is somewhat discriminatory towards that because of your background. That is going to continue with you when you go to Chicago. Now, the good news, however, is that you can make the move. The car surpassing to the 12th house creates the relationship with the first house, which means, yes, you can make a move. That the move is possible, that it's not out of the realm of possibility, but that if you're looking for it to be an immediate turnout, that's not what you should expect. This is a much more kind of a long term process. And we see right. this when we look at the kind of cardinal figures. So we have first acquisitio. This is your your the state that you are currently, or the question you're currently in, you're interested in gaining. The current p- pre- uh, place is amissa, which means loss. You're in a place where you're starting to lose things. You mentioned the loss of your apartment. This then leads to tristitia, which is indicating that your situation is actually going to get worse before it, get ba- it gets better. And it's likely that it's going to get worse up until December. So be aware of that, that you're going to come across further obstacles. The key is going to be the industry that you go into. The reason I asked you if you'd be interested in other industries, and then you mentioned research, that is fantastic. The final uh, uh, figure here, which just speaks to the future, is Albus. Albus is the goblet. Research is going to work really well for you, and research, in, in the, when you said education, like ding, because Albus rules over education. So it's mercurial. It works in the kind of tech industry. It works in, in, in research. It works in knowledge gathering and sorting, less so in knowledge producing. But that means that you will have opportunities. So you should look at things like Uh, Northwestern University, Chicago University, colleges, etc., that will help with this particular uh, field. Look into research positions, research assistant positions, uh, tech opportunities that are available uh, there. It might even be starting out something like handling a department's website or something along those lines and then build into research and collating data and going from there. But that's going to be the key. Now, there's another kind of secret and kind of hidden factor here, and that is a Laetitia, which comes up as the uh, projection of points. Laetitia is your ally. So you need to look for a person who's going to be a helper in this particular instance. This person is likely going to be ruled by Jupiter. So be aware of this. There, um, It could be possibly uh, Pisces or Sagittarius one of the two um, but they, they will have something Jupiter quality to them uh, they'll be Jovian in nature, maybe uh, uh, of the same age or a little bit older, um, and they will have wisdom that will help you in this regard. And they are going to be very, very important for turning things around. You have uh, a lot of work ahead of you, and magical work is going to be important for really smoothing out the sense of loss that we saw in Amiso and the difficulties we saw interest this year. So don't be afraid to reach out to allies who are also not just going to help you in the industry, but who can help you with root work in addition to work advice that you're given you might consider taking on a counselor that will assist a spiritual counselor that will assist you with this this is my uh, reading i've given you kind of a, a long look at how things are going to manifest over the next mm-hmm. year got some obstacles ahead of you but i do sense that you can turn things around with a little bit of
1: work
5: all right thank you
1: all righty all right miss michelle how about you for a yeah. reading Okay, well,
3: I snuck a look at the Bible while Ali was talking, and the first verse I came across I turned away from because it was about the parable of the uh, vineyard, and the workers just would not cooperate in harvesting it. I'm going to send my foreman, then I'm going to send my son. Well, they killed the son. Okay, never mind that. Um, Turned over one page to Luke 18.33. uh, Selected it without looking, and it says, Uh, that the Son of Man will be scourged, but he will rise again on the third day. So, a rough landing in Chicago, but you're going to rise again, as Ali said. You will find allies, and not only in the professional field. Now, I'm going to shuffle my cards and pull some. Okay. One more. have the the seven of swords. Now, I will tell you, that's not only the liar's card, although you might be steered wrong. And, you know, the whole perception in the industry that 48, my God, he's female, is just wrong, okay? That's a lie that they're all telling each other. But its other meaning is just advice generally. You will get advice that you can trust. The next card is the lovers, which is... A wonderful card to see anywhere. You will find some lifelong friends in the industry and in root work. Uh, next is the Ten of Swords, uh, which is not a happy card. This is kind of stabbed all over and left for dead. Uh, but it's followed by the Four of Cups. Opportunities, Opportunity after opportunity. And... Uh, these opportunities are either unrecognized or rejected. So I would take these last two cards as cautions for you, not a grim prediction that can't be avoided. Um, Don't, you you have to fortify yourself against setbacks because there are going to be some at first. Um, And do not, well, I hate to say no job is too small because that's not strictly true, but um, <clears throat> you may have to scramble. For, you, you may have to scramble for a while. And uh, one thing I tell, for instance, love clients who have been unlucky for a long time and want to meet girls. Well, meet guys too because uh, they may be Miss Wright's brother. Okay, <laughs> uh, your the next friend you meet who is just only. Nice to talk to, uh, may know somebody who's looking to fill your dream job, to hire somebody, to hire you for your dream job. So uh, cast your net, you know, cast your net far and wide, uh, throw your bread on the waters, you don't know how soon or in what way it's going
1: to come back to you. Okay. Um, So you may meet a friend of a friend, is what she's saying. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Now, um, I'm going to say that, that these cards were not the happy, happy, your way is open, the sunshine beckons. There were negative cards here, and there was some of an attempt to try to um, soften the blow, but these are not great cards. And so I am not convinced that Chicago is the right place for you to go at this time. Because these, you know, do you have family or friends in Chicago?
5: Uh, well, no, I course, I was a foster child. And I do have a relationship with my, um, my family. But, again, with all this Trump and my sister became born again, and me being gay is now a lifestyle again. That yes. uh, is what it's been. So I chose it because of the economy and public transportation. Um, and um, I did do a reading of where to move. You know, I kind a uh-huh. place and kind of indicated the Chicago area. Um, but okay. I'm well,
1: I'm not saying this is the greatest place. You you know, if you have a family, right. and you did indicate that in the chat room that you have a family that has uh, caused you to be less loved because you're gay, because they think it's a lifestyle choice, I don't know. San Francisco looks pretty good compared to that. But, you know, just saying... Um you you know there there certainly is a nice gay community in Chicago the days are long past where San Francisco was the only really safe place to be and the only happy place to be um those days are long gone and so uh but it is so expensive and there are other places in California that might also beckon just saying all right, I'm going to give you some root work advice because I'm not okay. feeling Chicago. I don't know why, I'm just not feeling it. But that's just me and I, I didn't do your reading. Um, but those cards were hard and that, that geomancy reading was also harsh. So um, what I would like to see for you is that you do some work to create a um, money mojo or money talisman that you can carry with you no matter where you go. So, there are many ways to do these uh One of the simplest is to take one coin of every denomination: a penny, a nickel, a dime, a quarter a fifty cent piece, and a dollar coin and uh you can um some people will put them into a kerosene lamp in the lamp oil and burn the lamp, especially if you have green uh kerosene and make a money lamp. Some people will just take those coins and stack them up and put them underneath or inside of the brass candlestick or chrome candlestick of a you know that you burn a candle on. But you're going to be uh, putting those coins... Another way to do it, uh, you can put it in a little bowl that you turn upside down and then you burn the candle on the bowl. But it should be a small bowl. And um, some people will take those coins and stack and wrap them in a dollar bill or a $20 bill and write their prayer on the $20 bill. How you do it is variant, not important, um, except to you, whatever feels right for you. I know that you know some of this work pretty well, So, but you want to have all of those coins. And each coin, as you put them together, you're going to dress them with um, uh, money drawing oil and crown of success oil together. Uh, mix those two together. Crown of success for employment and for career, money drawing to draw a job to you. You could, if you wanted to, add look me over oil so that they will pay attention to you. And you could add steady work oil if you wanted to get a steady job and stop working on contract basis. You don't need all four oils. You can pick the ones that sing to you the most, but I would have those are the four I would choose from. Now you're going to address and bless those coins and you're going to uh, burn candles on this as you plan your move. And just keep that as a thing. When you What you're going to say, though, all of the coins, and this is from your prayer, all of the coins, when you leave San Francisco, Chicago bound, you're going to leave all those coins behind except for one, which you're taking with you. That will be the dollar coin. Um, you are going to um, give those coins to the poor you say I'm going to leave behind all the poverty I'm going to leave behind the little coins I'm taking with me the big coin I'm moving on to Chicago now this could be a move that might take three months, four months before you leave, it could be two weeks so start today and just be August praying over those
5: August 7th is when I have to move what would you say? August 7th is when I have to move so August
1: 7th, that's your deadline then you got to go All right, so you want to start praying over those coins. And as you leave, discard them behind you, one at a time. Just throw them in the street. The penny, the nickel, the dime, the quarter, the 50-cent piece. But when you get to the dollar coin, you say, this one I'm taking with me because I want big money in Chicago. Okay? Very simple spell, very old-fashioned spell. You can put that coin into a little leather bag, carry it with you. Uh Some people would take that coin and they might put in with it two lucky stones, which are actually the bone ear bones of fishes that are called lucky stones. but if you have a pair of those, they are used to get a job and uh you can carry those uh with you and uh you can t- uh, sew them up into a little packet they're they're very okay, useful, yeah, very useful um, all righty, so anybody have anything to add?
3: Yeah, I do. I would say add to that money mojo a little five-finger grass to show them you are competent and a bay leaf to attract friends and wisdom. Mm-hmm. You can also write on a bay leaf uh, and put a, a an I on it with a dollar sign in the middle and on the other side, friends find me, wear that in your shoe.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, that was bay leaf and five-finger grass, right? Mm-hmm, Yeah. Okay, great. Wonderful. All right. All righty, we're going to go to our um, uh, technological um, portion of our announcements. And here it comes. <laughs>
2: The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condrum Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, and The Witch, the Priestess and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Lefay, Fridays, 6 to 7 all-time specific, at 3 Hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com.
0: And now it's time for our free spell segment with Miss Michael of hoodoofoundry.com in Willits, California. Take it away, Miss Michael.
3: Okay, I have two spells that will help you get into the silence and and uh, discern the will of the divine of the divine and and work your own will. The first one I gave in uh, 2015 um, when we were talking about the Crystal Silence League. You will need at least a clear crystal ball and uh, one or more colored crystal balls. Uh, you can get them all through Lucky Mojo. And uh, you know they come in colors just like candles do appropriate to the kind of work you want to do, green for money and so forth. And a white cloth, and uh, you can sit in front of a sunny window and uh, with the with the ball in the napkin. And if you have the if you hold the uh, clear ball over the colored ball, it kind of blurs the the inside so that you don't you aren't distracted by the fiber of the cloth if it's, you know, the, all that coarse. But you've got this glowing depth and this gl- and this shining surface to engage the eye and the brain will follow, and you will find yourself in the silence in no time. That's wonderful work for first thing in the morning or even late at night. At Late at night, you can shine a flashlight through that white cloth underneath. Um, another thing you can do I call the shining stones trance induction. And you might want to start with a little protective work, you know, just a little bowl of blue-tinted water or some uh, uh, ghost-purging incense, Tibetan ghost-purging. Um, and some stone that kind of draws your eye into it, that looks hypnotic to you. My own favorites are pyrite suns, uh, polished hematite, polished labradorite, Uh Something else may work for you. Go to your mineral store or to your occult shop and just look at things um, and, to, and get the one that captures your attention. Now, you also need for this a flickering light, either a candle or one of those little uh, electric tea lights or electric uh, light bulbs that look like candle flames and they flicker. Uh, you want to work, do this work in low light. Turn off all the other lights in the room. Get yourself in a relaxed posture. I've done this lying down in bed. And just look into the stone and let it occupy all your attention. This is receptive work. I often find myself in shining mineral landscapes that constantly shift and alter Um Faster than faster than my heartbeat, you know, just just kind of vibrating and never the same twice. And that's all right because they're used to it out there. The spirits are used to that; it's normal for them. Uh, so don't worry about it. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and you you will get a lot of instruction out there.
1: That's it. What you just you. mentioned. What, what you just mentioned. I want to make sure that everybody understands this. So you You have low light, but um, mm-hmm. and you're just you're just going into that crystal landscape is that what you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm? yeah yeah mm-hmm. i I'm gonna say that I first discovered this as a child, and I've mentioned this on the radio show at least once. I first discovered this method as a child with marbles um, uh-huh. they had these twisty shapes in the marbles made of glass Venetian glass marbles. And uh, there were bubbles in the marbles. And I'm very yeah. nearsighted, so when I would have the marble far away from me, it was just a shape. But when I would hold it up close, I would I could hold it up very close, like I was looking into a fish tank. And um, it was fascinating. I could spend a good deal of time going into that marble, that little glass marble, Mm-hmm. I then found out that there were stones made this way. Some people call them John D. scrying stones. Some people call them window stones, and these are stones that are usually like a river rock, like say a white quartz, and so they're all glazed over and and sort of um uh, you know powdery looking on the outside because they've been roughed up in the river for a long time. and then you slice mm-hmm. them open. And you polish that, and it's a window inside to the crystal matrix of this milky quartz, say, for instance, or rutilated quartz or whatever. I mean, you can find window stones of all types. People call them Uh frying stones. They're naturally made to be looked into because they are rough on the outside, and they provide that backdrop where your eye goes in, and you can spend your time inside the crystal world. Conjurman Ali writes in the in the uh, chat, Mine was a wall. We had a wall with patterns made of the way it was painted. I could stare at it until the patterns moved and made shapes. Eventually, when I grew up, I learned I had a gift for scrying. Yeah, that's uh-huh. another way. I've yeah. also seen a- amethyst uh, window stones, too. Of course, amethyst is just a high-flown version of quartz. Quartz is what's usually used. Some form of quartz, no matter mm-hmm. what color or or form has made those window stones. Um, An imperfect um, ball of any kind will do this, and another one that works really well are these manufactured Chinese so-called cherry quartz stones, which are made with fused quartz with cinnabar powder kind of swirled in them and pieces of carbon, and there's whole nebulae inside of those things. Cherry quartz. It's called. People call it cherry quartz. It's not quartz. It's fused quartz that's uh-huh. been mechanically mechanically made as it's being uh, melted. A cinnabar powder is stirred into it, uh-huh. and you'll see these yeah. drifting red. Some people call it cherry cloud quartz. Some people call it cloud uh-huh. red cloud quartz. Um, I'm sure there's a Chinese name for it. It um, it it's only made in China. And they're very, they come sometimes quite large, but even the little ones, and especially if they have a little bit of black carbon in them, too. It's like they just sort of stored these things in them, and then you look and you just see whole worlds inside that will um, take you somewhere. Um, Yeah, that's
3: worth Googling.
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah. Papa Doot said, my first scrying tool was the textured ceiling of my bedroom. (laughs) <laughs> aren't aren't we a funny bunch? We got we got two men looking at ceilings, we got me looking at glass marbles, and you're looking at the insides of crystals. <laughs>
3: yeah, um, my favorite hematite tool is a hematite necklace of polished chips, and you uh-huh. call I call it the black pomegranate because when you hold it, it looks like
1: pomegranate seeds, but they're black. Oh how lovely! How lovely. Mm-hmm. Well, all of us have our favorite ways of of doing these things and kind of kicking our brain loose into another dimension and letting the visions flow. We can talk about letting the visions flow, but I'm gonna tell you, until you've done it, you don't know what we're talking about. We just sound like a bunch of old crazy people. But you can do it if you, if you have the gift, you'll know it. There'll come a moment when your mind just kind of goes free. Pascal Beverly Randolph always used a mirror, but he used for his favorite mirror, a large emerald, an actual emerald, which was given to him by an Indian Maharaja in England. And, uh, yeah, it was an actual emerald. So, yeah, there's many ways to scry. Thank you for sharing that with us. We're going to turn this over to Papa Newton. He's going to give us our goodbye announcement. And we're all going to come back and say goodbye, each in our own way.
0: Thank you, Miss Kat and Kanjiman Ali, and thank you, Miss Michael of hoodoofoundry.com and Willits, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our we special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Workers will be my dear sister, lady news of houseofselfempowerment.com in Victorville, California, uh, bringing us the topic on... Oh, I'm so sorry, dear. I did not get your topic brought up. Hello, Siento. All right. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mucho Hoodoo Power. Brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurer Ali at theConjurerMan.com in Mesquite, Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt, to join you from PapaNewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Group Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific, and the shows are available and archived by LuckyMojo.com/radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and I invite you to join in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the month in Memphis, Jug playing the, uh, the uh, Jug Pan Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Bye.
1: <laughs> that was quick going. I just wanted to say the next show will be cutting soul ties. if you. ever If you've, ever been, if you've uh-huh. ever been tied to somebody, this is how to cut that soul tie. Sometimes those are beneficial ties. Sometimes they're not so beneficial. She's going to tell Mm -hmm. us all about it. All righty. Well, thank you, Papa Newt. Thank you, Conjurman Ali. Thank you, Miss Michael. Thanks to everyone in the shop who held down the fort. Thanks to Nagashiva on the board. And now it's time to say goodnight. Goodnight.
4: Goodnight. Goodnight.